Hey, thank you for joining me today on Hope for Heroes Texas. This is Brad Cornell, where we serve those who serve us as they carry the weight of the badge. It's gonna be a long one, another graveyard shift. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hope for Heroes Texas. My gosh, I'm excited about the Weight of the Badge podcast. And I mean, we have an amazing guest on today. You know, the Weight of the Badge is a heavy-duty situation when you think about it. Our officers and first responders, that Weight of the Badge is not a negative. It's just that that's what they do is put their their life on the line many times for us. And um, there's different situations in life that happen. And uh, we're just blessed to have our first responders and the different people that carry the Weight of the Badge Um on our team and we are on their team hope for heroes texas that's what we're all about is we giving hope to the heroes and we bring them into bernie texas and we show them an incredible night at the uh at the bevy hotel which is one of our sponsors of course and then we give them a gift card the family so they can spend in town and then we give them a little greeting that you might want to be at one of these days at a 9 30 at the uh at the bevy hotel go online at hopeforheroestx.org and check us out but today i'm so blessed and honored to have a police officer not only a police officer but a police officer that is uh, running now for as republican as for the house of representatives of texas and he is one awesome guy this is uh this is a man that stands strong. He's been through a ton of things. You know what? They're throwing rocks at him now. So I know he's doing good. I love it. And so I'm excited to have him on today. This is Justin Berry. He will be, he's running for our Texas House of Representatives. He's got a beautiful wife, Jamie, and a little son he just took to a daycare, Jackson. He's a 16 months old, and he is representing the 19th district in uh, Austin. He's 36 years old, a police officer, and he's the kind of guy that, uh, you know, he's a guy that stands strong. He's a big guy, probably 6'4", 240 pounds. And I mean, he's just got a heart, though, the size of Texas. And he's for securing the border. And he's for pro-life, 100%. He's into Christian family values. He supports law enforcement. He's ended up lowering property taxes. He supports our Texas schools. And so, you know, a lot of negative things are starting to come out because he is so amazing. That's when you know we got a great candidate. So I'd like to welcome not only a good friend and just a great guy and um, just somebody, you know, that is, was endorsed by our governor. And so, you know, he's good, but he's just, like I said, he's just a good family man, beautiful wife and son. And so help me welcome to Hope for Heroes, the the uh, Weight of the Badge podcast today, Justin Berry. Hello, Justin. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Brad. How are you doing today, sir? Ah, oh, man, I'm blessed by the best. I'm doing fantastic. So Agreed. I'm excited to have you on today to talk about some of the uh situations that are going on and kind of what you're doing and what you're representing and that people get to know you a little bit. So well, let's well, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. I definitely love to, you know, I always think it's important for people to understand kind of why do we join this profession? Like that's one of the first questions you're asked in your interview for the selection process is why do you want to be a police officer? Why do you want to be a public servant? And, you know, my answer back then, you know, or 15 years ago is still as true today as it is why I'm also running for office. You know, I, I truly believe that, that if I can impact just one person's life from a pathway of criminality, a pathway of poor choices and be that, be that influence in their life that helps them change it and get them on a pathway of living a good life, seeing the light. And that to me is a successful career because it's very hard to change you know, a person's behavior or a person's lifestyle, right? It's, it's not an easy thing to do, especially even when you reflect on your own life and how you try to make changes in your own life, the struggles that come with that. And so I've always found that to kind of be my calling. I've wanted to be a police officer since I was 15 years old. 
Um, many thanks to my school resource officers that not only taught classes that taught police and society and courts criminal procedures, but were also uniformed call station ISD police officers. And so it, uh, I owe a lot to, to them, uh, Daryl Loki and Kiki Johnson as to why I'm in policing today. Well, that's fantastic. I'll tell you what, going from policing to politics. Wow. That's some, ser- yeah. <laughs> that's some serious stuff. Never in a million years did I ever think I would do that. Like I said, I'll, I've always wanted to be a police officer. That's all I've ever wanted to do and all I still want to do. Um, but the politics side of things really came out of what I saw from the field. You know, when you see the implementation of bad policy and what it trickles down to in the real world, you know, some things sound great in theory, but they're not necessarily able to be applied in, in real world terms. And you see the negative consequences of that. That's kind of what kind of got me in the pathway of like, okay, the solutions that we can provide at the policing level are oftentimes very temporary and a very, you know, immediate, but they don't provide long-term help or long-term solutions. And so that's where I believe, you know, at the state level, when I was asked by some friends that lived out in the district last cycle to run, um, we prayed on it, talked a lot about it, and we decided to jump in and do it because I truly believe that's where we can really provide a lot of the most good at, 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 a, at a local level. Well, and that's true. And then, uh, and I said, you, it takes, it's a big leap, you know, when you're going to, from a police officer to a politician, let's say, and, to, and running. And I'm really excited about what you stand for. But then I know you had a couple of challenges once, once you're out there running, then this uh, district attorney up in Austin, which a lot of people don't quite understand, um, indicted like 19 officers for excessive force uh, during the riots, which was such so amazing because they already did a, a whole study on it and a whole, then they do all their, all their due diligence that everything was fine and then they just came back and started over again. No, so, it's, yeah, you, no, give it's, us a rundown yeah. on what, exactly what happened. I might be yeah, wrong. So, no, yeah, so basically during, you know, during the George Floyd protest, um, they came to Austin as well like they did in the nation unified effort and so when we got out there, you know, it, it, was, it was like nothing I've ever seen, Brad. I've, I've been on our, our crowd control team for over a decade. I have been to a lot of protests. I've seen, you know, some skirmishes pop up from time to time, but nothing to the level of what we witnessed back in the summer of 2020. And I mean, seeing, you know, FTP spray painted everywhere, chanting, you know, we want dead cops, just chanting all these horrific things about our families. Um, it, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. Hearing over the radio that that we have officers that need to be extracted out of the crowd because they're over num- they're outnumbered and overwhelmed. Uh, it, I I truly did not think there were days those first two two days that I wasn't sure if we were actually going to go home. Um, wow. I know a lot of us felt that way. Um, it, it was it was a very scary time. And as we go out there, you know, we were given the 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 crowd took over the highway highway 35 is a major uh um major highway it's the number one highway that goes straight to the level five trauma center so it's a it's a roadway system that we have to keep open you have to keep that open to make sure people can travel freely we can get emergency vehicles to and from the hospital quickly so it it was a big deal so when the protesters took over the highway they were given numerous warnings and orders to to basically leave the highway. Um, and so that was given out for a long period of time. And then they started turning into riotous behavior when they started throwing rocks at us. Um, they were 
illegally on the highway. They're obstructing the passageway after giving warnings to leave. So numerous crimes and violations are being taken place, which turn them into what we deemed at that point is turned into a riotous uh, moment. And that's when, you know, we were given orders. We had to clear it out for a variety of reasons. And in doing so, um, we ended up having to use um, less lethal force. And in doing so, we we ultimately ended up getting the crowd dispersed up the highway. We got it back open again. What is exactly less lethal force for the uh, civilians like us that don't know what that means? Yeah, so it's force that is that is you know it's not deadly force. Like you're not shooting you know bullets at at people, but you're you're deploying you know kinetic energy pro- projectiles. So basically, things like less lethal shotgun or like beanbag rounds or rubber 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 uh, backgrounds or tear gas or OC spray, those kind of items like that. That's kind of more your less lethal options. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's uh, so those items were, were deployed, and we got the highway opened up. Well, what came next was we had an election around that time as well. If a lot of people remember, well, the district attorney uh, was a candidate named Jose Garza who campaigned on prosecuting police officers. That was his main campaign point. I will prosecute cops, not bad cops, not cops that have done you know criminal acts, but just cops in general. I'll prosecute them, and. Went on that, and that was his campaign promise. And once he got elected, within the first few months, they dropped all the charges against the the rioters that were out there, all the charges that were, you know, the vandalism, the graffiti, the destruction of property, all their charges got dismissed. Well, two years later, right as early vote was underway, he goes forward and decides to take 19 of us to go get indicted by a grand jury. And sure enough, my name and only my name is the one that's leaked out. Um, and <laughs> yeah. Surprise, Amazing surprise, how that right? works, isn't it? Surprise, surprise, because yeah. legally it's supposed to be in secret and it's not. none of that stuff's supposed to be revealed until you're booked into jail. Right. Um, and so that, that, that process was also a very, you know, surreal process, right? Going in there, having your fingerprints taken. I'll never forget that, looking at my hands afterwards with the ink stains on them. And like, I just got, I just got booked in. I now have a mugshot and will forever have the the headline next. It's no longer going to be police officer, Justin Barry. It's going to always say indicted police officer, Justin Barry, even once we're acquitted. And I truly believe we're going to be acquitted. So once the totality of the stuff comes out in the full evidence comes out, you'll see our actions were lawful and justified yeah. uh, under, under law. Yeah. You were just doing um, what you were, what you were told to do. And then they let yeah, all the rioters, also, all, all the bad guys get off. It's just exactly, yeah. and also it's it's also our duty. We have yeah. a duty to protect life. We have a duty to protect property. What about all those motorists that were on on the highway with their kids and their elderly parents, or even themselves that were on the roadways up there? Do they not have the right and freedom to move freely without being you know bothered or obstructed? Well, they yeah. have rights too that were being infringed upon by the rioters that were out there that day. Well, the big so, thing on the lawsuits, or the big thing is that is that uh, were there some lethal rounds that were something was wrong with them? Not that you guys knew it. There is a, yeah, there's a belief that there were defective rounds that were issued to us that were because the city didn't want to update, you know, update the, the munitions, the less lethal munitions. So there's a belief that expired rounds were used that were then defective, which led to a lot of these potential serious injuries. So there's a lot of belief around that, that again, I think as time goes on and, and, you know, once we finally get a trial date set in a few years, 
that a lot of stuff will come to light and we'll we'll be exonerated yeah well we'll sure be praying for that because that is ridiculous you know um when it comes that. to you know when, when it comes to politics the politics are just so ridiculous just how your name was even you know they justin barry's name was out there but nobody else's was. It's just amazing how that works in it, how this uh, leak process. But anyway, let's get back on the positive. I know, like you said, you've been getting rocks thrown at you by your, I don't know if it's your opponent or different uh, different organizations, but you're endorsed by the by the governor and all these different organizations have endorsed you. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to go see who he's endorsed by. I mean, from different officers, uh, offices of, uh, in Houston and just, I mean, you're endorsed by a lot of people. So across the nation, across yeah. the nation, you have been vetted by a bunch of folks. And so, um, what I'm excited about is just kind of what you stand for and how did you get your, when you talk about your beliefs, how strong are you with all these? Cause you really are, you know, you're for everything that I'm for. That's for sure. But you know, I mean, when, when you do this job, you see a lot of the evils in the world, but you also get the opportunity to see some of the best of humanity too. And, you know, I truly believe that being a police officer is a vocation. I truly firmly believe it's, it's a calling. I know it was a calling for me. I know it's a, it's a, it's a calling for many other of my colleagues that I work alongside. And in order to endure the evil things you see in this world, you also see the blessings that come with it too. You get to see miracles that get or truly happen from time to time. And I think it's, that is how, I'm allowed to work because for me, I feel like this is my Christian calling. This is my Christian vocation. I get to walk amongst the world and do my best to find ways to improve it. Yeah. Right. Uh, find ways to impact people's lives. Find ways. A lot of times, you know, one of the greatest stories that I've had that, that has always stuck with me and always will was this little kid, the city of Austin. We had a curfew at the time and it was a young kid. And he was dealing crack cocaine. And this is back when I used to do uh, some undercover work in the downtown area. And, you know, this, this young teenager sold to an undercover officer. And when we started talking, right out the way, played the race card. And, you know, we diffused that situation. We got to a, where we can have a, a respectful conversation. And I asked this young man, I go, why are you not at home? It's like two in the morning, right? He's at school the next day. I'm like, how come, why aren't you at home? And he tells me, well, my grandmother kicked me out. And I said, okay, well, why'd your grandmother kick you out because of this? And he's referring to, you know, the drug dealing. Yeah. I was like, well, where's, where's your mom at? Well, my mom passed away. I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. What did your mom, you know, pass away from, you know, we're trying to develop a rapport with him. And he goes from this is from, from drug use. Wow. I said, okay. And how about your father? Where's your father at? He's my father's in prison. I said, well, what was your father in prison for? He goes for this. And so I look at him and I go, was it very hard for you growing up without your parents? He said, it, he said, it sucked. This was a horrible time. I said, I could imagine so. And as we talked some more, I ended up, we ended up getting to a place and I asked him this question. I asked him, go, why do you want to be a part of the same thing that incarcerated your father and killed your mom and have you kicked out of your grandma's house? Why do you want to do that to another young kid out here in the streets? This probably is the first time anyone ever had that conversation with him. He started crying. And so I told him, I go, no, you're, you're still going to go to jail tonight because you're going to be held accountable for your actions. But that doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a person that's in need of help. And it sounds like you have a person in your life, your grandmother, that loves you and wants you away from this. So go to your grandmother, tell her you want help, you want out of this. And if she doesn't know what to do or doesn't know where to go, ask any officer in Austin, Texas. They know who Justin Barry is. Ask them for me. They'll get in touch with me, and I'll help get you in touch with some groups and some friends that I know of that can help you get out of this. 
usually wow. you go back and you see the same people on the same street corner time and time again. Yeah. I never once saw that kid back up there ever again. And I pray and hope. And on the day when I, we meet our maker, I hopefully will get an answer of how, of what took place. But I hope that kid was able to find a pathway back to living a good life. That whole objective that I, I make my, my job when I'm at work is to find ways to improve people's lives. Well, and that's what's so great about the law enforcement. Everybody I know, which are hundreds of police officers, you guys all have that same heart like that. I mean, there's a lot of officers who do the exact same thing you did. And that's what's so special is our police officers, our first responders have got a heart the size of Texas. Now, was that, I know you were raised by a single mom, you know, she worked three jobs to provide for, you know, you and your family. And, you know, she was an example of, you know, strong work ethic and faith in God and community service and all the things that you do. Is that where you got your, uh, who you are, mostly from your mom? Oh, very much so. You know, my, my mom, we, we got through everything we got through because of her de- devotion to the Lord and her just her, her belief that through hard times, he'll see us through. And, and he really has been there for my family. I feel very blessed. Um, but yeah, my mom worked three jobs a lot, just put food on the plate when I was a kid. Um, you know, we later on, you know, my stepdad came into my life a little bit and then he wasn't there. And so my mom's had a really rough life in that sense, but through all that adversity, she's persevered through it. And I think it was seeing that, you know, there was never quit. There was never a day where you just quit or there was never a day where you just didn't work. And so I ended up getting my first job when I was 15 at Chick-fil-A. I worked there until I was 18 years old. And that's, you know, it's another place where you get instilled a lot of great work ethic and a lot of great values. Uh, I recommend anybody, if you're looking for a first-time job for your child, Chick-fil-A is a great company and a great organization to work for. It's some of the best training you, you, you'll get at such an impressionable, impressionable age. Um, but yeah, I owe a lot to my mom. You know, I feel very fortunate enough, though. Uh, I got reconnected with my father later in life when I was in college. And, you know, I'm very glad to have had done that. Uh, we ended up developing our own relationship, but through him, I met my incredible aunt and uncle, my, my half siblings, and we're all very close. Um, one's a NICU nurse. Uh, another one's, uh, uh, works at, as an accountant and the other one is, uh, is still in college and he was a veteran in the Marine Corps. So we, we've developed a close, uh, relationship, which, you know, I'm really glad we, we had that opportunity. Well, that's what's important. You know, people forget that life is a journey, not a destination. So through right. our journey, we might lose a father for, for a while, or we might lose a mom for a while, and all of a sudden, we all come back together, and it's forgiveness, and that's what God wants us to do. You know, Lord wants us to forgive, and it's hard to forget, but we can sure forgive. And if was, if this country was full of more forgiveness, or this world, and not holding people accountable for, like, they're, like we're, we're, we're non-flawed, you know, that's the whole thing, is we make mistakes, and but you know we can get back up if God doesn't. Uh, if He's not the one holding you accountable, why are we holding each other so ridiculously accountable for some little thing? We won't forget people for forgive. That's what's so terrible now. These crazy uh, politics that's going on in our country—it's <laughs> all personal. You know, it didn't used to be personal attacks, and that's what I hate. And I see the personal attacks on you, and just think, you know, come on, let's, let's stick to the issues and what you believe. I mean, I love the fact that you're pro-life, 100%. Man, I love that oh, yeah. defending the innocent life of a baby and the abortion issue. But um, what is what's maybe your number one? Let's really get you your number one issue. I know there's a lot of issues, but what's you the know, one that's the I- biggest? You know, I, I think, you know, on different levels, I have different, you know, 
main issues, you know, obviously property tax, you know, getting that under control is a big thing. I mean, not tax lower houses. Those, those are all big things. Securing our border is huge. It's paramount. Um, you know, but on, like on a personal level, I'm a big believer on working on recidivism reduction efforts. Uh-huh. You know, I truly believe we worked on some legislation last session that got passed HB 3606 that basically I look at how do we set people up for success after incarceration, after prison, so that way they don't go back to dealing crack. They don't go back to robbing. They don't go back to burglaries. And I think that comes a lot from just the the repeated interactions I've had with some of these people that that you get to know over time. And, and you get to see that some of them really want a pathway out. They don't know they don't know the way they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know where to go for it. They don't know. They don't, they lack any other education, yeah. um, you know, knowledge of like, well, how do I not deal crack? Cause I've been doing that since I was 14 years old. So how do we, cars do you have a, do you have a solution I for think, that? Or? I think a lot of it is in, is in the trade skills in the trades uh-huh. programs. You know, a lot of met some of these drug dealers, they are some of these savviest, smart people like business oriented. I'm just, I'm amazed at, at their level of, of what they can do. And I just see the entrepreneurial spirit. It's just being applied in the wrong manner. Um, and that's yeah. one thing I really think with our trades groups where we have a workforce shortage at, you got, uh, you got people that are eager and hungry for another opportunity that feel like they have something to prove that know they have something to prove. And I've gotten to know many people that have gone on left the pathway of criminality they broke that cycle in their families and they're living great lives and sure. they're doing great things one of my buddies he's a multimillionaire now he owns his own company and you know he was doing young stupid things when he was younger left that life got his got focused got his stuff together and and now he's doing great things he's got stuff that's up in space right now for nasa that he's yeah. designed and made well, it's, trades, it's impressive yeah the trades that are out there now you're right there's this it's, it's amazing how we forgot about the trades of welding and electrical and and mm-hmm. uh, all the different trades that are paying great money and a lot of these guys you're right they already know how to do a lot of that stuff you know and you put in a long day of work you're usually tired you're not out going out getting in trouble yeah and you know you talk to people that have been in prison two to three times they want out they want they're tired of it they don't want that lifestyle there are some that want it there are some that that enjoy that lifestyle they enjoy it and you know what we have a place for them it's called prison that's where you will <laughs> yeah. keep going that's exactly we have a place right. for you well tell but, me real for quick those people yeah i mean just for a few minutes i know we don't have much time left but i was gonna ask you tell me where you're at on the second amendment just so i know oh yeah since we're in texas yeah. Full support of the Second Amendment. I mean, you swear no to uphold the Constitution. You know, I've been, uh, I got an AQ rating by the NRA. We have a great working relationship together with with the NRA. Uh, when I was the nominee last cycle in 2020, they actually endorsed my campaign. So we're, we're, we're staunch proponents of it because one thing you've seen time and time again, of course, you do this job long enough, you know how long it takes for your response time. We know crime rates going up. People need to have the ability to defend themselves. Sure. You know, our staffing issues are real. Um, not just here at my agency, but across the nation. So people need to have the ability to defend themselves. Our response times are getting longer. Our staffing shortages are getting worse. And, you know, yeah. you, you got to be able to take care of yourself take and your care family. Of you and your family. That's right. You have me. to, number yeah. one. After and me, you come first. Exactly. <laughs> so, hey, tell yes. me, okay, no, so what, what do you want people to know most about Justin Berry? What, you know, you have all this negative stuff. I mean, just when I say negative, yeah. it's just stupid stuff. It's, it's just it's out there. Just, but yeah, what would you want people really that's a, maybe the most misunderstood thing about you? What would you like people to know? Yeah, you know, I think the the most misunderstood thing about me probably is that I, I don't, 
you know, honestly, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen so many different stuff out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think what I really just want people to know about me is that is my why and why do I want to be their voice? Why do I want to serve them, um, at the Capitol? Because I think that's the most important question I want people to know. And I think it's because I truly want to find ways to make things better. I'm a big believer in solutions-based governance. How do we find solutions to problems and not create new ones? How do you stand for something with conviction rather than just, oh, the political winds blow this way, so I now need to speak this way. The political winds blow that way, I need to do this now. But rather, be steadfast and look at the bigger picture. What's going on in our society? How do we get things done? You know, some of these rocks you talked about really, you know, got me to go back and relook at a lot of some miles, you know, some of these old things that were out there. And when you go back and relook and reevaluate kind of your life and where things were at society then versus now, it's, it was incredible. There's stuff that, that you see from 2009 and looking at today and you're like, wow, how much has society changed? Sure. How much has my life changed? Right? right. You know, I'm definitely not the same person today that I was when I was 23 24 oh, years old yeah that's exciting <laughs> you know what not. i mean yeah you me know either. 23 24 years yeah. old i was a, a young man you know sure. just trying to find my way after college right and you know i'm very proud of who i am today i'm very proud of my past and where i came from because it got me on this journey today and i think i i just want people to know me as the servant that i am i want people to really look into my character, look into my work ethic, look into my service as a public servant. Because I tell people this, I go, I've been a public servant for 15 years. I've been entrusted with some of the most powerful, powerful things you can have in government, the right to take away a person's freedom, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the decisions to take a life or not take a life. Those are some very powerful things in government that, that a police officer is instilled with. Yeah. Look at how I've handled that. Yeah, look well, at how I've conducted myself. So that's important. Sure. It's very important for people to understand that because you're, I'm then asking you to entrust me with how do I fight for your, our constitution? I'm asking you to entrust with me your confidence to make sure that you're not taxed out of your house. I'm yeah. asking you to trust me with your vote to make sure that I'm going to, to keep our community safe, secure our border. That's what I'm ultimately asking. And so for that, I ask, go look at my actions in the course of my career as a public servant, as a police officer that's been entrusted and instilled with some of the most incredible, uh, uh, powerful authorities that we have right now. Well, you got it, Justin. Justin Barry, we're excited about your uh, your running. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you need to uh, just check him out. Check out Justin, and you'll see what he's all about. I want to thank you, buddy, for coming on the Hope for Heroes Way to the Badge podcast today. And um, we're going to be praying for you, Justin, and we just want to thank you for all you're doing for so many, and we'll see what happens here soon. So, you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you got, you got our endorsement, uh, Justin. So well, we will catch you honor. again. It means a lot. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you thank for you for all you do on. for us in law enforcement. It really means a lot. So thank you. And thank you to all your followers and listeners and, and just the supporters for all that y'all do. It, it really means a lot in the world. Thank all you. right. You got it. Thanks again, Justin. Thank you, sir. Hey, so glad you joined me today. Now you're going to want to follow us because we've got some upcoming episodes that you're not going to want to miss. See you then. Oh, the bad.